So we're going to share the word of God. Uh, I, I have the privilege of doing that this morning. And, uh, you know, when, when it's children weekend or children's Sunday, you just allow them to do their thing, but they say, ah, no, we still want you to take the word. So um, I'll be speaking on discover the life you were meant to live. There's a life that you're meant to live. There's a life you're living right now. There's a difference between what is the plan of God and sometimes what is our reality. But we know there is a difference between truth and fact. Fact is subject to change. Truth remains the same. So we're talking today about the life that you were meant to live. And if you want to tie to it, you know, give it a subtitle, you might want to call it Living Life on Purpose. Living Life on Purpose. I remember when God gave us the vision for this church, it was one of the things God said, he said, he said, he said there was a generation that, uh, in Judges, he said there was a generation that when one generation was there, he said, the next generation after that, they did not remember what God did in the previous generation. They forgot. So God was like, well, I'm raising you, I'm sending you on an errand to perpetuate the legacy of faith. So perpetuating the legacy of faith. So that the next generation, we're handing over the, the people coming behind us they can continue to do the same thing, but a higher level. Praise the Lord. So whatever level we're working in right now, I know our children are going to go higher. Now, one thing is a note of warning. Whatever you do, your children will multiply. And that is why we have to give them, we have to teach them. Bible says train the child in the way he should go, and when he grows up, he will not depart from it. We need to teach them the way of the Lord so that when they grow up, they will not depart from that way. Teach them when they are still young for they get to a point where they already have their mindset formed. And they say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Quickly, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Praise God. Lord, let the entrance of your word give light this morning. Holy Spirit, take control in the name of Jesus. Speak through my mind. Speak through my thought. Let my thought be your thought. Let the word I proceed out of my mouth, Father, Lord, be exactly what we want me to say. And let your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, we're reading verse 5 to 7. It says, there's an evil which I have seen under the sun as an error which proceeded from the ruler. Hmm. Oh. Can we read a um, message, please? Message, please. Here is a piece of bad business I've seen on this earth, an error that can be blamed on whoever is in charge. Verse 6 Immaturity is given a place of prominence, while maturity is made to take a back seat. I've seen unproven upstarts riding in style, while experienced veterans are put out to pasture. Can we read NIV, please? Now, there's something I want to bring out of here. 
There's an evil I've seen under the sun, the sort of error that arises from a ruler. Verse 6. Fools are put in many high positions. Why the rich occupy the low ones? I've seen slaves on horseback. Why princes go on foot like slaves? That's an anomaly. It's not supposed to be so. That's what the scripture is saying. He said, okay, I see this, but it's, an, it's out of order. So that's why I was saying that there's a life we're meant that God wants us to live, but there's a life we're living right now. And so if you look at the picture of the life you're living right now, if it's not in order to what you have seen from the pages of the Bible, because the Word of God is supposed to paint a picture of your future. Now, whatever the Word of God says, that is, should be our reality. And so if it is not our reality, that means something is out of order. And if you go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, you see verse 3, the Bible says, God said, let there be light. Why? Because there was, things were out of order. And God called it into order. And God has given us the same authority, the same capacity to be able to say, light be. To be able to say, enough. Stop there. This is what I want to happen. Praise God. And then it will happen. Exactly as we've said it. Jeremiah, let's read Jeremiah 29 from verse 10. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter. Can we have Jeremiah 29 please from verse 10 to 15? I'll, I'll read that. This is what the Lord says. For thus said the Lord that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. And perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. Now, one thing God will never do is to abandon you where you are. He will always visit you. And that is why you must never get to a point in your life where you lose hope and you think that is it. With God, there's never a point where God say, I'm abandoning you, that's it. No. He will visit you again. For I know the thought that I think toward you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. So this is not your hand yet. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Verse 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when you search, when you shall search me, search for me with all your heart. 14. And I will be found of you, said the Lord, and I will turn away, away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places which I have driven you, said the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place when I cause you to be carried away captive. Verse 15. Because you have said, the Lord hath raised us up prophets. Babylon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to understand that you are here for a purpose. You are here for a purpose. You are here for such a time as this. There is no accident with God. You could have been anywhere else on the face of the earth today, but you are here. And God has put you here because he has, a, he has an assignment for you here. Hallelujah. You know, when I look at myself, when I look at how many years ago I moved to Canada, when I look at the instruction that God gave, when I look at the various seasons that I have to, we have to pass through to get here, when I look at the season I am in right now, it's completely different from where it was, what it was 10 years ago. It was completely different from what it was four years, even five years ago. But I'm here for a purpose. But everything that has happened all these years, everything is part of the plan. 
Whatever you are going through right now is part of the plan. And you know what? The thing is, if you never get to the position of maturity, then you won't be able to take the price. You know, the children show us, they demonstrated a lot of things, a lot of Bible character. Every one of them have a different story. And don't compare your own story with another person's story. The Bible says, comparing themselves among themselves, there is, they are not wise. There is no wisdom in comparing your story with, somebody, with another person's story. Some people are late starters. Some people are early starters. Some, we are all different. And the way God has written out your life is completely different from another person. You are running different races. Don't compare yourself. If they buy a house now, glory be to God. Rejoice with them. If they start a business, they're making a million. Glory be to God. Your turn, your turn is coming. Yeah. Hallelujah. Purpose helps to answer the questions of why and what. Why are you here? Why am I here? What am I here for? Purpose is important. It helps you to answer those questions. Not only does he help you to answer the question of why and what, he also answers the question of identity. One of the reasons why people lose their identity is because they, have, they don't have a purpose. They don't know their purpose. When you know your purpose, you're on your way there. Nobody will be able to mess you up. I know who I am. You can't come to me and tell me what I'm not. I won't even answer you. Hallelujah. Because I know what, 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 I'm, what I'm here for. It's still unfolding, but at least I have an idea. Are you with me? I'm not there yet like there, but I'm walking in it. It's still it's a journey. Purpose is a journey. It's a process. It's not something you arrive and say, have arrived. No, 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 no. You keep going. From glory to glory, there's a new level that God is going to take you to. Hallelujah. God is intentional about purpose. Everything he does is according to his purpose, his original intention. If you go to Genesis chapter 1, from verse 1 to 31, verse 31, the Bible says when God finished every, every, look, you know God has the capacity, he could have created the heaven and the earth, everything that we see, everything that is on this earth today, he could have done everything in one day. Why did he now put them on several days? Why did he use six days to create everything? He could have done it in one day. He has the capacity for that. Why didn't he do it? Because God is a God of intention. God is a God of purpose. He wasn't going to just do anyhow. And you saw what he did in Genesis 131. He inspected. He did an inspection of the project. And he said, done. Excellent. Done. This is the best. He gave me 100% done. And then he rested from all his work. Glory be to God. Where the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. We were designed to function like God. We were designed to function like God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. The Bible says he created us in his image after his likeness. If he just created us in his image, well, that's one thing. But after his likeness, to function like him. And that is why the Bible says, ye are gods. G-O-D-S. Ye are gods. Because you have the capacity. Hallelujah. We are the saviors, small s, that God has sent to this earth. We've been sent here. We are on assignment on the earth here. And we have to Finish everything that God has put in our heart. Hallelujah. And that's why you never get to a point where you stop dreaming. 
The day you stop dreaming is the day you start dying. You never get to a point where you give up on purpose and say, well, you know, what will be, will be. That is the language of failures. And you are not a failure. Hallelujah. I say that again. You are not a failure. We will flourish when we align with his purpose for our lives. We will flourish. We will flourish when we align with the purpose of God for our life. We will flourish. Because it is in purpose that we will flourish. It is in purpose that we will begin to you know, manifest the originality that God has put in us. It is in purpose that the uniqueness that is in us begin to emerge. Because you are not like somebody else. Are you with me? Your fingerprint is different. Even children of the same period, their fingerprints are not the same. Nobody on this earth, over 7 billion people, nobody has your fingerprint. And that is why you must, you must never look down on yourself and conclude on your story that this is the end of your story. This is not the end of your story. God has not even started with you yet. This is just the beginning. Glory be to God. Are you hearing what I'm hearing this morning? Now, let's look at three things that purpose will do for you. Three things that purpose will do for you. Number one, purpose will protect you. And what do I mean by that? Purpose protects you because you are not all over the place. You are not careless with your life. You know where you are going and you are focused on where you are going. Are you with me? Purpose will protect you. You are not a wandering generality. You are a meaningful specific because you know where you are going. When you see people who don't know where they are going in life, you see that they are all over the place. Today they are doing this. Tomorrow they jump on this. After that they jump on something else. Why? And then sometimes they fall into, they get into trouble. Purpose will protect you. Number two, purpose will bring fulfillment to you. Purpose will, do you know how, do you know, you know, you, you, you get to that point, place where you just rest. Purpose bring rest. Purpose bring rest. Purpose bring rest. I'm not involved in everything. But I'm involved in things that God wants me to get involved in. And that brings fulfillment. So that when I go to bed at night, I pat myself on the back and say, well done. Well done, you've done your best today. You've moved a step closer to the fulfillment of everything that God has for you. Number three, purpose won't let you quit or give up. You cannot quit on purpose. Because it's like fire, like Elijah, um, Jeremiah said. He said, even if I want to keep quiet, he said, your word is like fire shut up in my bones. I cannot hold back. Even if I want to keep quiet. No, 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 I can't keep quiet. Passion, I mean, purpose won't let you quit or give up. You cannot. You go to bed, you go with it. You wake up in the morning, you are with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've also discovered that your discovery determines your manifestation. In purpose, you will discover. When you discover purpose, when you discover purpose, the discovery of purpose determines your manifestation. It determines what you are going to... It, it determines the output, what comes out of your life. People look at you. Do you have you not noticed that you don't even see yourself sometimes the way people see you? Now, for a lot of us, we minimize our capacity. 
But in the eyes of people, you are completely different. I just hope that you will begin to see yourself from the eyes of God. See your potential. See the possibility from God's perspective. Hallelujah. Until you have clarity of your why, life will be lived with the handbrake on. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, I'll say that again. Until you have clarity of your why, why are you here? What are you here for? Life will be lived with handbrake, with the handbrake on. You know how you live life with the handbrake on? No, try and drive with your handbrake on. The car is not moving. And you are trying to, you step on the accelerator, you're but the car is not moving. And if you continue to do that for a long time, guess what happened? You will knock that engine. And that is how some people are living their lives right now because they are not living life on purpose. Romans chapter 8, verse 19 says, The whole world, they're on their tiptoes, waiting to see what will happen to you. Waiting to see how you will emerge. Waiting to see the fullness of you. You know, it's like you, we are like a butterfly. When the butterfly is still in the cocoon, it's like you don't see its beauty. The world is waiting to see your beauty. The world is waiting to see your light. The world is waiting to see your glory. Are you going to show forth the glory of God through your life, or are you going to hide it? This little light, light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm not going to put it under the table. I'm going to let it shine. Enough of hiding yourself. A lot of us have been hiding. You are not God. God said, I'm the Lord that hide myself. But the same God who hides himself also reveals himself to, to sons of men. Why are you hiding the glory of God? Because when you, when you misplace your priority, you will hide the glory. But when you stay where God has placed you, you will flourish there. Are you with me? Discovery determines your manifestation, which will lead to mastery. When you discover who you are, when you discover whose you are, when you discover why you are here, just see things begin to change. Where you are currently will lead you to nowhere until you discover your reasons for living. Let's read Psalm 57 verse 2. You're not yet there. Have you ever seen anybody at the airport show up at the airport and say, well, they say, where are you going? I say, well, I don't know. Before you go to the airport, you buy a ticket, isn't it? So there's this destination in mind. Where are you going? Do you know where you are going? I will cry unto, the, unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. Let's read another version, NIV. All things for me. I cry unto God most high, to God who vindicates me. Can we read uh, uh, good news, please? Okay, let's read Amplified and we'll read good I will cry to God most high, who accomplishes all things on my behalf, for it completes my purpose in his plan. That, that's, that's what I needed. Thank you. See that? That's all he does. Accomplish his purpose. Your purpose in his plan. Many people get to their deathbed before they realize that their ladder has been leaning against the wrong wall. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? They get to the end of their lives 
Every time I picture myself at my old age, when I'm old, like 120 years old, when they ask me, what else could you have done? And I would just say, nothing. I've accomplished everything to the last detail. Because there are a lot of old people today, they sit there and their belly is filled with regrets. They didn't pursue purpose. They didn't take advantage of opportunities. They didn't honor relationships that would have taken them further. They didn't walk in love. So they had heart that was so full of offenses. And at the end of the day, they get to a certain stage of their life and they discover that all those things, doesn't, they don't even make, they're not even important. Hallelujah. Now, one of the things I've discovered about holding people in offense is that it's like hitting your leg to a stone. You're not going to make much progress. You're going to hold that leg and sometimes maybe cry because it will be painful. Even if you are making progress, you are probably just around that place. What is your passion? What is your sweet spot? Psalm 138 verse 8. Because except you know this, there will be no pathway to go in life. A lot of the things that, I, that by the grace of God I'm able to teach now, I remember years ago when I sat down severally and I'm being taught the word of God and I'm still being taught, all right? When I'm being taught the word of God and I was taking those things in, there were a lot of things I didn't understand. But when I began to apply those principles in my life, that I was listening to people who were applying them, they were having results. I began to have the same results. But then it's important to know what is your passion? What are you passionate about? Because until you begin to do the, what you are passionate about, you will, you, there will be no pathway in life. There will be no pathway in life. Hallelujah. So can we have Psalm 138 verse 8 very quickly because of our time? Hallelujah. The Lord will perfect that which concerned me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endure forever. Forsake not the works of thy own hand. He will not. He will perfect all that concerns you. But do you know what he has planned for you? Have you taken time? I remember when, a few years ago, when um, we had to, you know, step out to start this work. I had been, you know, previous, you know, three years before, uh, I wanted to go, you know, leave to, to start but then we were talked out of it, you know, like, oh, you know. But then I didn't really know what I know now or what I knew three years after, even though I wouldn't have stayed. Is I've been given $100 when God has unlimited for you somewhere else. And I asked the Lord, and that's his, you know, when we finally got to that season, I said, Lord, why are you telling me this now? I said, why didn't you tell me this now? And why didn't you tell me this before? He said to me, he said, because you never asked. God will not break his... The Bible says the scripture cannot be broken. Ask, 
sick. Fine. In fact, I have a hoodie that says, ask, sick, knock. It's a reminder. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 8. I will never forget. He said, you never asked. So you may be in your current situation now because you have never asked. That's why you are still where you are. Anyway, you are crying day and night. Thinking there's some people, some people pressing some buttons somewhere. No. Nope. Nope. Now, no, it's not only important that you discover that also you need to recognize the power that is in service. I'm going to talk about power of service. And the Lord put this specifically here. For us to hear this. Our relevance in life and the value that we derive from life is dependent on our service to him. Are you serving God? How are you serving God? Are you serving God with your best? You are serving God with your leftover. The Bible says God cannot be mocked. God cannot be mocked. Now, one of the, like I shared in the morning during the first service, one of the scary things about God is that he knows, he discerns the intent, the thought and intents of the heart. He's the discerner, he's discerning. So he knows whether you are doing high service or heart service. There's a difference between high service and heart service. High service is, well, I do it to see me. Heart service is my heart is into this. Whether anybody recognizes it or not, I will serve the Lord with the whole of my heart. That's heart service. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, please. I'll read verse 11 to 13. Are we getting something out of this? Hallelujah. It was he who gave gifts to people. He appointed some to be apostles, others to be prophets, others to be evangelists, others to be pastors and teachers. For what? There's a purpose for it. He did this, you see, to prepare all God's people for the work of Christian service. In order to build up the body of Christ. Now 13. And so we shall all come together to that oneness in our faith and our knowledge of the Son of God. We shall become mature people. Reaching to the very height of Christ's full stature. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, the Good News Translation. Now let's look at what the power of God and His blessing, um, the power of God and His blessing are released through service. No, let's look at how service, how the power of uh, service comes to play. Number one, service helps to discover and develop your spiritual um, gifts. Some of us, the gifting we are manifesting now came, was honed to surface. There are some things you don't even know you have until you begin to serve with it. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Number two, service unleashed the supernatural. Okay, let's read that. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, are you wasting the grace of God or you are using it? 
Grace is not to be wasted. Grace is supposed to be used, invested, not wasted. Remember, remember what, what the master said to that servant in Matthew 25? He said, okay, I agree. You said I'm a wicked master. I agree. But you should have at least kept this money with the bank. So that at least I'll get some interest. Because in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God does not encourage wastage. It does not encourage wastage. So God has given you the gift, but in service, those gifts will be honest. Those gifts will, will become bigger. Number two, service unleash the supernatural. When I saw this, about this, this shocked me. When the Holy say, service unleash the supernatural. There is a dimension of God's blessings that you have not received now because you are not serving God. Coming to church is not service. I mean, we heard yesterday during the women program, there was, there was somebody, one of the women who, who, who gave her test. She said she was a church goer for many years. Many, many years. Never encounter the word of God. Number three, it brings joy and peace through obedience. Now, when I look at my life, honestly, to the glory of God alone, where we are today, majorly, came through service. We're not looking at how much we're paid. We were ridiculed. We're called names. But we stood there. We served. And that was when it was time to step out. It was time to step out. And we step out without any regret. And we still continue the same thing here. Service. Service. Why do you think at the age of 120, the eyes of Moses did not dim and his strength did not abate? Service. You are praying, oh Lord, I believe in 120 years. Meanwhile, you are not serving God in truth and in spirit. You're joking. When you give God a leftover of your time, God will give you leftover of his blessings. It's the truth. It has to be said. When you serve God only when it's convenient, well, don't expect too much from him. Now, let me tell you something. You know when you go for insurance, they will tell you you do uncomprehensive or you want basic? There are basic blessings. And there are comprehensive blessings. Blessings that you cannot contain. Which one do you want? I don't want crumbs that come from the table. The crumbs that come from the table is not for those who serve. Those who serve, they eat from the table. They don't eat crumbs. Those who refuse to serve, they eat crumbs. But why? They're still in the house. But there's a difference. I will not be a gatekeeper in heaven. I will be in my own mansion. There's a difference. Stop settling for less because you don't want to make commitment. It takes commitment to go through the process. I look at myself this past day. I said, look, Lord, we've been driving to, to, to Surrey for four years. Some of us can't even do it for six months. People will make excuse they can't come to church here because it's too, it's too far. 30 minutes drive. I know people drive two hours to church on Sunday. Not, for, not because there's traffic. That is the distance they have to drive. 
And they still show up for every service. Hallelujah. Service help us to become more like Jesus. Do you know why we face a little storm and then we are breaking? We are not even, our heart is not set in service. True snow, true rain, we're here. Hallelujah. I remember when we used to go, we, 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 go, we go under the bridge in Abbotsford to give food to homeless people. You go to some places, scary. If you don't have the boldness of God, you think somebody is going to stop you because it's their territory. Service. Because they are human beings like us. We're showing the love of God to them. John chapter 12, verse 26. Help us to become more like Jesus. Hallelujah. Hmm. Can we have that, please? John 12, 26, please. You know, I remember uh, in 2017 when the Lord called me out, uh, it was by Jesse Duplantis that I was ministering. God called me out. And there was one thing that stood out in what the word God, the prophetic word that God gave that day. He said, I will bless you because you have stayed the course. That was the beginning. What does it mean to stay the course? Maybe I don't understand English. Stay the course. You have been consistently faithful. I didn't see it. Everyone said it. So it wasn't any man that wrote that. It was heaven. To man, maybe I wasn't. Because the way, you understand, maybe the parameter they were using was completely different from what, but everyone recognized it. Does everyone recognize? How? Now, there's something I call divine ratio. Or divine rating. How does heaven rate you and your service? Because that's what that matters. It's not what, not what any man say, says. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. So anyone who doesn't serve him, what? The father dishonor him. What opposite of honor is dishonor, isn't it? Number five, power of service. It increases our faith. I see Christians, any little storm like this, the first thing they will cut off their schedule is, is church attendance. Because they don't have roots. It is in service that you will take roots. And you'll be strong. And you can make reference to that. I remember there are times I would say, God, remember my tithe. God, remember my service. God, remember my devotion to your work. God, remember. And he remembers. Because there is no way that God will not remember. He will remember. And that is why whatever we do, we must do it with our whole heart. He said, their lips, my, my name is on their lips, but their heart is far away from me. 
It has to be with the whole heart. You know this one that, you know, every little thing, what is in this for me? Are you kidding me? What is in this for you is much more. What is in this for you may, may not be nothing now, but there will be something bigger for you if you stay consistent. The first 10 and a half years of this journey, it was as if nothing was in this for me. But look at the last four years. God is bringing back much more than I can ever ask or think or imagine. And it hasn't even started yet. And it's the same God who is no respecter of persons. When you go to God with that kind of mindset, what is in this for me? If you tell me that, you turn me off, even as a human being. Then there's nothing in this for you. Go away. I don't have anything for you. Don't serve God with the attitude, what is in this for me? Serve God with the attitude that even if there is nothing, if no man pays me anything, I know my Redeemer liveth. I know God is too just not to take care of me. What can any man pay you? But God, he will pay you, settle your generation, settle the next one, settle the next one, settle the next one. Just because there are things I benefit now because of my father. There are still doors that are opening to me now. My father is long gone. But there are some doors that are opening now because of what he did. He's no longer here. Now imagine spiritually. You can't even imagine it. Number six, power of service. Help us to experience God's presence in a new way. You experience God's presence in a new way. In a new way. Hallelujah. In a new way. Strange things just begin to happen. Strange order of blessings. Not common blessings. Honestly, I think we need to just go sit down. If I were you, I'd advise you to get this tape and just listen to it. But there's some things that I've said today now that they are just they are the, they are the answer to the prayer you've been praying for a very long time. Are you serving with your eyes or serving with your heart? Number seven, service is good for our minds. Do you know? Have you ever wondered why a lot of people volunteer? People who are depressed, when they volunteer, they shake it off. Because they see a reason to live again. A reason to dream again. They are showing kindness to some people. They see that they, are, they matter, they are important. So the negative thoughts that is being bombarded and keeping them on the bed jumps out of their life. Because now they see that ah, I'm important, I'm relevant. I'm significant. I'm valuable. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Hallelujah. I'm rounding up now. Glory be to God. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Putting me 
into the ministry. Now, it's important to know that apart from service, you need to abide to flourish. John chapter 15. Let's read that. John chapter 15, verse 5. Hallelujah. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So, we must abide to flourish. Are we abiding? Now, abiding, what we're talking about, is not just about coming to church. Mm -mm. Do you really, really abide? Now, when you look at the spiritual dimension, you can, can you locate yourself and say, okay, this is where I am. Yeah, this is where I am. Because the spiritual controls the physical. If we get it right spiritually, the physical, we don't have to worry about the physical. It's all good. As we abide, we show forth the glory of God and the beauty of his splendor. As the plant draws their nutrients from the soil, we draw from the Lord. And we work stronger with each passing day. We work stronger and stronger. Now, quickly, let's look at steps to improve your life, because I'm talking about the life you were meant to live. Now, number one step to improve your life, keep first things first. Don't keep first things second. Keep first thing first. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing shall be added. Are you keeping God first? I remember there was a day, the day that God really tested me with this. To really know where my heart was. My wife had, uh, my wife just had a baby. And she was still at home. She hadn't, we were in London then, in England. So, <clears throat> she had the baby. That's my second son. And um, she she was at home. You know, she just had a baby, so she was at home recovering and everything. And then I drove to church. And um, we usually pick this couple on the way to church, you know, just midway to church. And that day I had picked them. My, my first son was in his car seat behind me, you know. We're driving, I think I was driving, we were driving in RAV4 then. So it was just beside me, I mean behind me. And this couple, the husband was in the front. They also have a baby. Uh, the baby was there, and then the, the wife sat. So, you know, we just, so it was like five, five of us in the car. And, um, and then my son just started throwing up. It was really unwell. Sunday morning, we're going to church. I'm not asking you to do this, but what I did, even the couple were like, ah, maybe we should just go back. I said, no, 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 it's not a bad time about going back. We're going to go. We, we went. I, mean, I, I, I parked the car, attended to improve over him, and we continued. We continued, went to church. When we were in church, nothing happened. It was okay. On our way back, immediately I dropped the couple. <laughs> As if it was We just started throwing up again. You know what I did? On the highway, I was on the highway. 
I say in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, remember. I could have made an excuse this morning to go back home, but I didn't. Because I knew it was going to be all right. Probably teething. was about 17, 18 months old then. Probably teething. So it wasn't in any medical danger, so I knew it was, you know. I said, but Lord, we, I honored you. Do you know that? Immediately I finished praying that prayer. Now, fear would have taken me straight to the hospital. From that place. That's what I'm saying. I'm not asking you to do what I did. Fear would have taken me to the hospital. You know that boy slept off. By the time we go home, that was the end of it. And I heard the Holy Spirit said, you passed the test. I'm saying to you, some of you, because of your children, I can't do this, I can't do that. Hear you. Children are a blessing from God, not a curse. Keep first things first. Number two, meditate on God's word. Meditate on God's word. Meditate on God's word. Day and night. Is it that day or night? So that means you meditate on God's word constantly. In fact, there's somebody who shares something, you know, about how to do meditation you know what to do, you know, write down the scripture every, you know, like you remember during the day, write down your scripture, all that. But you meditate on the word. It's not just writing the scripture, but chewing the word, chew it. You know how, you know, animal will chew and they will regurgitate and they will chew it. Yeah, yeah. Roll it until it becomes a part of you. Number two, stop making excuses. Romans 1 verse 28 says, Thou art inescapable, O man. There is no excuse that is acceptable to God. No excuse that is acceptable to God. No excuse. Stop making it. Because you either make excuse or you make progress. Find now the root cause of whatever it is and deal with it. Number four, eliminate distractions. Luke chapter 10 verse 38 to 42. Eliminate distractions. Distractions are there. They will come. That morning, that boy, you know, they never wanted to use him as a distraction. But I went, I preached. That day I preached a storm. And when I was coming back home, the enemy said, now, he knew that those people were in the car. They will help me. So he made sure it was only me and him alone in the car. I said, okay, let's see now. And I was on the highway. Where am I going to park on the highway? I just prayed. And he slept off. By the time we go home, now when I look back, he slept. And I was going to be on that highway for like 15 minutes or there before I exit. Now I could have headed towards another city called Basildin, which is where the, the general, the big uh, hospital was. But the moment he slept, he just went home. And I didn't need to go to the hospital. So there are some things that the devil has helped us to escalate further than what it would have been just because we didn't yield to God. You can't buy experience. You build it. You can't now, let's say you graduate uh, 
you have a certificate of you graduate from a school today, you cannot say, and you just start that journey, you can't say, I have 10 years experience. Where did you get it? And spiritual experiences are even <laughs> completely different. We call them encounters. Eliminate distractions. Number five, stop playing the victim card. Victim card. Oh, you know, the reason why I don't talk to people anymore is simply because in the past I talked to people, they took advantage of me. Sorry, they are still taking advantage of 10 years after. When will you close the case? I had to conduct a funeral for some things that happened to me in the past. I had to conduct a funeral, you know, not a, in the, I had to conduct a funeral and just bury them. And walk away from the cemetery. I'm not visiting to put flowers on it anymore. Are you with me? You, how long are you going to cry over spilled milk? This milk has spilled. Get another milk. Get your favorite, uh, whatever you want. <laughs> you want your <laughs> cry. Marriage ended 10 years ago, you're still fighting. If he, if, he, if he let me, if he didn't leave me, if he, well, he left you. Get, get on with it. Oh, if he took advantage of my relationship, my friendship. That's that. God will bring good people into your life. Praise God. You too, you are taking advantage of people. You might not know it directly or indirectly in the past. Oh, they use me. Well, it's because you are useful. Get over it. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Stop playing the victim card. Number six, face your fears. Psalm 34, verse 4 to 5. Face your fear. Fear will always be there. But you do it afraid. Be bold. Step out. Hallelujah. Number seven, enjoy your life. And this one, I can't overemphasize it. Enjoy your life. Eh? If you don't have money to go on vacation to the U.S. or to Maldives, if you can do park some this thing, go to White Rock, go. go. <laughs> you, did you see and this family? And they went to London, Ontario. And you don't have money for this. Do what you can do local. Don't, we had a lot of fun growing up with these children. Oh, my goodness. In fact, sometimes when I look at all our pictures, we had fun. We had fun. They didn't miss out on anything. Even when we didn't travel out of Canada, my children didn't miss out on anything. We were taking them to different places. We would drive from Abbotsford to White Rock, and they would be picking these thing, uh, shells. You know, by the visit, we would be there. We would walk around, we would go on the bridge, we would go, we would walk around everywhere. And then when we have some little change, Victoria. Ah. You know, at least you don't need a visa to go to Victoria. <laughs> we just go somewhere. Just have fun. Create memories. Create memories. You know, you, do, you cannot go to and eat an in Italy. Ah, no problem. In the restaurant, you, don't, you can't afford it. Okay, go to no freeze or whatever superstore. Buy all the things, spice it up yourself. My, uh, my, one of my sons, he has a way. You get chicken, $5 of the chicken. He will spice it, put some uh, hot peri-peri sauce. He said, he said, Daddy, this is Nando's. I said, yeah, go ahead, Nando's. <laughs> you know? There are things we just, we, we just be doing muscle over everything. What 
don't, don't stress yourself. Enjoy your life. Praise God. There was a time I had shoes that eventually they had holes in them. That was a season. And I never complained to anybody. For those 10 years or almost, I had four suits. I brought them from England. If you like. Talk about whether I wore blue yesterday, I wore green. That's your problem. I will wear what I have. After all, God didn't say, if you don't change your suit every Sunday, you cannot preach. <laughs> so, <laughs> praise God. Now people see me, so, oh, I like, oh, you have it all together. I say, hey, I don't have it all together. If you see some picture, you say, hey, is that you? Ah, God. <laughs> God has been good. Hallelujah. Lastly, practice gratitude. If you don't enjoy your life, you cannot practice gratitude. You cannot be grateful. Be grateful for where you are. Do you know that where you are now is some, some people's prayer point? Some people are going to the mountain to pray for where you are. To even have the kind of house. He said, my house is a basement. He see, look at basement. Okay, take a drive at night. Maybe you'll be grateful. Just walk, don't even drive. Just walk around your neighborhood at night. You will see people who don't have a place. Somebody was asking me, these people, do they have a place they go to in winter? I said, no. I said, they do, but it's not even enough. Winter is coming and some people will be sleeping on the street. Are you grateful now? Let's talk to the Lord today. Just be grateful. Just thank God. Be grateful. Thank you, sir. Be grateful. Let's be grateful. Lord, I am grateful. I'm grateful for where I am. I know this is not the end. I'm on a journey, but I'm grateful. I am grateful, Lord. We are grateful. As a church, we are grateful. We are grateful. We will serve you, not with our eyes, but with our heart. We will love you, O oh Lord, with all of our We will put you first. We will put you first, Lord. We will honor you. We will spend quality time with you. We will deepen our relationship with you. You will be our main priority. Oh, you will be everything to us. Father, you will help us, Lord. That our eyes will be fixed on you. Because you do us good all the days of our lives. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you praise. Oh, we give you praise. And now we pray, oh Lord, for anyone who is under the sound of my voice, whether in house or watching online, who are yet to make you, Jesus, the Lord of their lives. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that your Holy Spirit will minister to them. Oh, you minister, because that is the only way you can enjoy life. John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, I've come to give you life until it overflows. Father, we thank you for the overflowing life of Jesus. We give you praise that the life we are meant to live is that life of overflow. That life of abundance, body, soul, and spirit. We thank you for supernatural flourishing. We thank you, Lord. 
We give all the glory and praise because you have done all things well. Lord, we praise you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. And Lord, we make a commitment. Let's make a commitment to the Lord today. Just say, Lord, for the rest of my life, I will serve you. No true eye service, but true heart, through my heart. I will serve you. I will serve you through my heart. And as I serve you, Lord, thank you that you will preserve me. And your blessing will be evident in my life. My life will become beautiful, colorful, and glorious. Give all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we've come to the, I don't know if there's anything, we've come to the end of the service. Uh, thank you for coming to church and those who are watching online. Thank you for joining us today. Let's just share the grace as we go. Father, thank you for this week. Thank you because we know there shall be an evidence of manifestations in every dimension of our lives. In the name of Jesus, we speak to every storm. Let there be peace. In the name, every troubled heart receive the peace of God today. In the name of Jesus, the waymaker is making a way for you this week. In the name of Jesus, you are going from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from favor to favor. Doors are opening unto you on their own accord. Struggle comes to an end in your life. In the name of Jesus, affliction is terminated today. In the name of the healing power of God is released over you, over your home. In the name of Jesus Christ. Everywhere you show up this week, favor will speak for you. Oh, you will not be stranded this week. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. The grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Look for one or two people and just tell them evidence of manifestation this week in Jesus' name.